0: All right, welcome to the Adaptex podcast, where we have discussions with individuals who are building accessible and inclusive products, advocating for inclusion or excelling in adaptive sports. Our intention is never to speak on behalf of those with disabilities, but rather amplify their voice, ideas and create other opportunities for businesses to become more inclusive. Today, we're joined by Tim Morris, a teacher, athlete and author. Uh, Six or seven years ago, Tim and I briefly met at the Bay State uh, Half Marathon. I found him on Facebook afterwards because I wanted to connect with him and kind of pick his brain about uh, fitness. And then all these years later, we reconnected, recently wrote, three graduate level courses uh, for PE teachers on inclusion, accessibility, and universal design. Uh, You can find those on the education tab of our website if you're interested. But uh, today we'll talk about Tim's experience um, as a professional individual and um, an individual with a spinal cord injury. So Tim, thank you for joining us.
1: Awesome. Great to be here. Um,
0: Can you take me back a little bit to um, maybe before your spinal cord injury, what you were pursuing um, professionally and Athletically.
1: Yeah. uh geez, let's see. Uh, not the best with uh, cover letters. So <laughs> going back, um, see, sixteen years ago, I was just a, you know, I was a phys ed teacher, you know, diamond dozen, run of the mill, personal trainer. Right. Um, and then um uh, you know, I I was ai was going I was gonna I was twenty six years old and you know, just like most twenty six year old guys men boys uh thinking that you're uh invincible you know so just uh just um you know kind of i wasn't necessarily conscious uh uh, conscious of of uh much besides you know having fun in the moment and you know and ultimately it caught up it caught up to me Uh, uh so you know car accident distracted driving and uh yeah uh so i you know i flipped my jeep and shot out the moonroof and the rest is history but i woke up from my coma and i was like uh wow i really put myself at you know a a disadvantage here right it's like okay i'm a phys ed teacher but now two-thirds of my body doesn't work you know uh And, you know, as a personal trainer, like, how am I, how am I going to do this? Um, You know, and I had a long time to lay in that hospital bed. I was in the hospital for four months and I'm, you know, I'm just thinking, how am I going to do this? Like my life was being active, uh, you know, being mostly fit and, um, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, so it was just like, well, professionally, you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to stay the same path, uh, you know, I kind of got to, I got to set myself apart. And uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, spinal cord injury. Like, um, you know, I do look at it as like the best thing that ever happened to me, right? It, it, um it um kind of like just opened my, my eyes to, who I was and how I, you know, how I was, um, my outlook on life. And really I was before the, before the injury, I was just a, a dude that talked a lot about what, you know, what I wanted to do, uh, talked a lot about, like, I, I wanted to get into triathlon, you know, um, running was a pain in the ass. I wasn't a big runner back then, but, um, you know, talked a, a lot about, um, you know, getting into obstacle racing and you know Spartan and, and Tough Mudder and all that, and then after the injury, I was like, it's "Time to shut up and it's time to start. Time to start doing."
0: That to seems to start. be one of the themes that we hear from some of the people that we've interviewed. How like life begins almost after disability in a different way. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely one echoed in Jesse uh, and Mary's discussions where um, they found a purpose to a degree, or yeah. they um, it just it motivated them in some way. Um, to pursue things differently, I know at the, so then you pursued a master's degree from UNH after the accident, right?
1: No, I I um I finished that before before.
0: But your thesis was something specific to yeah, universal it, design, it's right? it's
1: like uh, it's it's funny how things work out. Yeah. yeah, it my my colloquium, my thesis for my my grad degree was uh, goal setting in an adaptive and inclusive phys ed setting. And, you know, uh, turns out here we are, you know,
0: that's um, since hopefully the audience is, is within the health and fitness professional um, like field is, is there anything that you learned from that thesis project that could be applicable to like a gym setting for people with disabilities?
1: You know what? It doesn't, the visual, whether it's, uh, whether it's a, a visual complication an emotional complication. Um, We're all, we're all people and everybody is capable of achieving um, a lot of what, a lot of what we set our minds to, you know, and um, as long as, you know, the right, uh, you know, I kind of call it like the three P's like perspective, perseverance and, and, and patience. Right. So it's like, as long as you can wrap your head around a challenge and start goal setting, you can, you can achieve so much more than even you think you might be capable of.
0: So it's like having the right supports in place and, and then executing those three Ps that you mentioned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big, like intrinsic guy. It has to start within. It has to come from within. Like you can have, You can have amazing people around you, but if you're not having people around you, supporting you and uh, supporting, supporting you and having external supports in place can take you to another level. But it has to come from um, within you have to want it and you have to put in the work.
0: What about like, what about for individuals that maybe don't have that same intrinsic motivation? Have you learned any like strategies to extrinsically motivate? Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this is why I like work with you, man, because because you 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 have a lot of depth. You know, you're very thoughtful, and you've for um, you've put a lot more um, uh, effort and and thought into the way you approach your, you know, professionally, personally. Uh, I know you've been doing this for a while and your story is great, but, um, yeah. So people who don't have the drive or the motivation, that something lights them on fire and you just have to fan those flames. Like you have to find a spark and, and fan those, fan those flames. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has something that gets their heart racing a little a little faster.
0: Right, yeah, we, we see sometimes with some of our athletes with like intellectual disabilities where maybe, maybe they don't have the executive functioning to realize like fitness is good for me because it's going to help me accomplish X, Y, Z or it's going to improve my health in this way. So they can't always associate exercise with the positive outcomes. So it's like, how can you motivate them to be consistent. Cause that's essential, obviously for them achieving what they need to achieve. And maybe they don't know what they need to do intrinsically. And that's where like us coaching them comes into play. But I think a lot of it's like creating the community where they feel supported. Like maybe they don't come to the gym because of the workout. Maybe they come because of the people. Yeah. Uh, so it's right. like, how can you foster that community? That's going to encourage, uh, the motivation when maybe they don't have it intrinsically.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like it starts by them wanting to come see their friends and then you know if you have them and then if going back to goal setting like short term manageable tasks that you know it's like listen even just walking around the building once without getting winded is difficult but then they do it and they're like oh okay can i do it twice yeah you know stacking those small ones Mm -hmm. yeah yeah small you know small wins a win's a win no matter how small you know and and um every it's it's different for everybody right and you know for for some um it requires more work but generally those are the people like that it's you it's much more rewarding when you're able to help them
0: yeah for sure because like sometimes we when we work with really motivated athletes like your role is to almost hold them back from doing too much yeah and then you've got the athletes that need the more motivation but like you mentioned like that can be more rewarding because it's like you had an impact on someone that a lot of people haven't been able to have an impact on Right after your injury like what were those four months like kind of like what supports did you get maybe even like social emotionally what what were your concerns outside of your capacity to do your job? Like what were your fears? And
1: Um, One thing, the big thing uh, that was, that was so huge for me was the people who I had in my life. I have, uh, I have the, I have the greatest group of uh, uh, my family, my immediate family and my friends who are, you know, who have become family, um, you know, I would, I'd, I'd be lost without them. It's really, it's really the people who were just there, people who, you know, I didn't let, I didn't let, and um, I didn't let them treat me any different. And that's always been a thing for me is like, um, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a dude that uses a chair, but my, my goal is like within 10 minutes of meeting me you don't even see the chair anymore, yeah. you know? Um, and, and in return, they also at, in the early on, you know, they didn't let me uh, use the chair as an excuse, mm-hmm. you know, just get up, dust yourself off and got to keep moving. Man. Kind
0: of expanding on that topic. Like I think one thing that might hold people back from working with those with disabilities is like the etiquette and like the concern that they're going to do something offensive if they haven't interacted with people with disabilities in the past. Like if you were going to a new gym and you were, you were hiring a personal trainer, yeah. what would you want that first session to look like? Like what questions would you be comfortable with them asking? Um, what would you, how would you want them to treat you besides like you mentioned that you don't even have a chair?
1: Um, yeah. So if I'm working with an able bodied client, right. So, um, Listen. It, 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 no relationship works if there's if it's not an open, honest uh, setting for communication, right? So it's like let's get um, okay. So I uh, I teach at an inner city high school. Uh, every semester we start a new class. You get freshmen, sophomores that have never dealt with anybody in a chair before, and they come in and they they see they see mm-hmm. me. Their phys ed teacher, uh, you know, using a, a wheelchair. You know, now we get the phones out. People, you know, Snapchat me and record me, and I'm just, you know, in that first class, you're just like, all right, you know, let's go. Give me your questions. Give yeah. me any anything you want to ask.
0: Get it you know, out of the way.
1: This yeah. out. You know, and you know, we'll talk about it. And some people, you know, w- you know, with with kids, inner city kids some of them it, you know start to think about it a little bit it makes an impact and those are kids like you are quickly are able to form deeper relationships with um you know other people you know it takes some time but like working with the 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 training clients um you know as as far as them working with me there's you know and whatever you, you know, I, I don't get offended easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have thick skin, you know, in, in this situation because you got some, you got some people out there saying some wild stuff. I've heard wild oh, shit, shit, you know, in the 16 years that I've been in a chair. Um, but at, as far as me working with them, I'll offer up, you know, information. And also you got to, you got to massage personalities. Like when you're working in a service based uh, industry kind of like this, we have to, you know, we have to understand that everybody is their own individual and you cannot, um, I think not only for us, but bigger picture, um, people would be better off not having, not generalizing, not having assumptions about an entire community based on, you know, one or two, one interaction or one or two people, you know,
0: how do you think your SEI has made you a better personal trainer?
1: um, um, I put myself into, into positions, um, uh, and now before, so it's like, I'll, I'll sit back and I'll think about the program. I'll think about, the, you know, I'll, I'll do a needs analysis for, for somebody. Um, and then I'll, I'll do my own research you know, and, and understand if there's something about their situation that i you know i don't know um i'll i'll do my own research and that you know i just like I'm, you know and you're the same way we're lifelong learners mm-hmm. you know and um and, you know the more people with diverse backgrounds i meet the better i'm gonna be and it's just being a, a sponge and being empathetic to them and learning about them and some people don't want to offer any information at all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just like, you got to respect that. But
0: I can imagine being unable to demonstrate some movement might improve your communication skills by default. hundred yeah. percent.
1: Right. Both, you know, as a, you know, as a phys ed teacher uh, I'm the track coach at the high school, the girls track coach at the high school, you know, it's, I mean, being a track coach in a, uh, who, who uses a wheelchair, you know um, your verbal cueing is much more on point, you know, Yeah, trial and error, you know, it was bumpy in the beginning, but.
0: How has your life improved post SCI outside of kind of finding that purpose?
1: Yeah, man. So, uh, it's all, you know, like those, uh, perspective, it's all about perspective. I don't really have bad days, you know, I mean, I listen, I deal with a lot of shit. (laughs) I go through a lot of shit. I deal with some stuff. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's not easy. Uh, but I understand that I, uh, I take accountability and I put myself, you know, uh, I put myself in situations where I make decisions that might have a negative um, effect on me, but you know, you, you try to learn from those experiences um, out, outside of that. Like, you know, every day, every day is a gift, man. So it's like, um, it's all about perspective. It's like, Uh, it's the, it's, it's cliche and it's been, you know, some Tony Robbins stuff, but it's like the, you know, the get to instead of have to, you know, uh, if you look at, if you look at life and understand that, you know, as tough as your situation may be, somebody out there always has, somebody out there has it worse and they're thriving. Like, and I also think a lot about my family. And my, you know, and my friends, and um, how much people have poured into me, I better damn, I, yeah, you know, I for damn sure, better show up and and live my life the best I can to, yeah. you know, like pay it back and pay it forward.
0: There's one I was reading a paper recently, and it was more in like the medical profession, some more physician space, but it was like. of doctors assume that people with disabilities have a worse quality of life and that they like resent their disability, but that doesn't appear to always be the case. Right. Um, So it's like sometimes even the people in the highest level of their profession are putting limitations and misconceptions uh, and like a different perspective than the one that you actually adopt. And so it's like having the conversation kind of, alleviates that and will actually give you insight into how someone actually approaches their disability instead of assuming that they're miserable in their state.
1: A hundred percent. I think there's a lot of that. Um, So one thing about myself now and and is, you know, I've always recognized that it's the people that you have in your life. So I surround myself with people who motivate me, uh, people who inspire me. Right. So it's like, we've done some projects together and I look at you, you, you are motivating and um and uh, i don't like the word inspiration i was about
0: uh, to ask you that afterwards with like we we tend to ask everyone kind of like the inspiration narrative like are you comfortable with people saying that you're inspirational man when i like that when
1: i'm at the food store and i'm like just you know (laughs) picking out some frozen broccoli (laughs) and somebody's like man you are so inspirational I hate
0: that. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesse was like, if I'm... Because we, I had the same conversation with Jesse, and she was like, well, if I'm actually doing something that's, like, beyond what you yeah. would expect of me, then that yeah. you can call me motivational in that regard. And she's like, I like being motivational. I like hearing that how I approach life influences other people. But it's like the inspiration porn, where you take someone with a disability doing a rudimentary task, and you're like, wow, that's so awesome. Whereas, like, Well, that's an well intended it's it's just going to continue to change people's perspective of disability and like lower their expectations
1: yeah uh exactly (laughs) you know that's a it's perfect to put it but um
0: so the inspiration narrative if you're actually doing something where you're pushing beyond boundaries or you're excelling in your career like that stuff can be motivational
1: yeah so it's uh, i don't know I, I you I, I I don't know I. Guess. You can be
0: motivational in spite of your injury.
1: Yeah, totally, totally right. Um, so those are the people I surround myself with, like people who motivate me, just people who I I I admire, admirational That's the word I like that word because so I I
0: I think your propensity to take on students who might have more difficult backgrounds and give your time as a track coach. I think that stuff's motivational. The fact that you're in a wheelchair is just a, another characteristic.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's like as far as like avoiding avoiding bad days and putting you know one foot in front of the other and like really uh you if you're if you're around people who like uh they just their energy sucks they suck the life out of you they're just exhausting to be around or you're around people who like push you to want to be better um there's a huge difference right so it's like if you're having a a difficult time like um maybe look at the the environment you're in and that was one of the hardest things it's like you know when you know relationships that like aren't serving you having you know having to to end them or you know put them in arm's length or whatever
0: right after your injury what was your environment like like did you what rehab hospital
1: were you at uh northeast rehab in salem
0: and were you getting ot pt how how did your recovery kind of progress in those initial months
1: okay yeah so um it, it was great so it's like i uh it it took some fighting but i got into uh spalding boston but i was already at um i was already at northeast rehab in Salem, new hampshire and i was kind of like a big fish in a small pond i was the only sci mm. and like i was the youngest person there by like 20 years so it's like i also had like a friend from college who was an ot working there and the, the pt that i was working with like he was a younger guy too so it was like it was it was you know, and I and I was close to home at that point. So it's like when I I finally got into spaulding, I ended up turning it down because it's like shit, but I would you know rather be kind of like get where be a place like where everybody knows your name or you know go to a place yeah. where you gotta start all over again. I chose to I chose to stay where I was and uh then I you know, and then I got out, uh, initially, um, you know, I, um, I lived w- with family. I lived with my dad, I lived with my sister, um, you know, and, but, you know, at uh, some point you gotta, you got yeah, you gotta Get you leave, them, leave yeah. the nest, you know?
0: <laughs> what level of injury do you
1: have? Uh, T3, spinal cord injury.
0: Was the capacity to walk
1: ever on your radar? Uh, oh yeah. I, okay, so that was the first few years. I was fortunate because I had that safety net of family. Uh, the first few years, I really poured into walking. Yeah, down. and like I, I'm not. I mean, I have. I got photos. I you know I'll show you. I able to freestand for seconds. Mm. Um, not second. like up to a minute freestand. You know, not holding on to anything. Um, you know, I can. I've re you know redeveloped the ability to crawl yeah I mean in air quotes crawl like it's an it's an ugly gait pattern but um you know I've, I've redeveloped some things but like the juice wasn't worth worth the squeeze yeah. I, like that was you know eating breathing so uh, walking again and then you know what I was you know what I've realized man it's like do i want to pour my life into walking again so it can take me three hours to walk from the parking lot into this building or man like you go out and we met at the bay state marathon go out and you know do 26 miles in two hours it's it's pretty fun too
0: yeah I, i think about that sometimes even when i'm like writing workouts for someone uh or training them like it's cool sometimes to get like our wheelchair users out of their chair and walking and stuff. But I'm like, when I think about what aspects of fitness is going to improve their quality of life, it's like being able to stand for a few seconds, like probably isn't going to be that it's like improving their body composition. So they're healthier. Like, so they're able to transfer better. Like that stuff seems to be
1: yeah. most important.
0: So that that's, it, it's, I like that you said that. Cause it's like, I feel like a lot of people focus so much on like walking being the epitome of recovery, but there's so much more that goes into recovery than just the capacity to walk again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So totally. So after my injury, I'm like, okay, how am I going to be a, a, you know, a phys ed teacher and a personal trainer, um, you know, now in a chair, it's kind of an uphill battle. I became a strength coach. So I got my, um, um, yes, and it's like okay I just need to elevate my game and I need to be I just like got thirsty to like be the best and be, just always be yeah. uh, growing and getting better and learning and and that's you know it's it's gone into my training um, really you know like now with Move to Improve SEI like I, foc- I focus on neurological complications primarily spinal cord injuries um and it's just you know it's made me a far better trainer having been in those shoes and um helping people and like you said it's like getting somebody out of their chair and ambulating um you know for 15 steps 30 steps um is not as beneficial to them as uh body copping, improving their cardiovascular and, you know, and, you know, muscle or, you know, helping their, helping with their aches and pains and their shoulder discomfort. Yeah,
0: absolutely. One question that we tend to kind of like wrap these up with, um, what do you think needs to be done to make the fitness industry like as a whole more accessible or inclusive?
1: Um, well, more communi- uh, conversations, communication, right? More people like you, more collaborations like this, like just um, I think I think we're we're on the way, you know, um, I've, I've been in a lot of gyms. Most people. I think most people are like good or getting better, trying to be better, listen, people in general, people are, people are good, you know? And so um, I think, I think it's getting there And Yeah, man. So um, I think, I think we're on, on the way.
0: It's definitely becoming more commonplace than it was six or seven years ago. When I started, I see a lot more popping up. Yeah. But it's like, I I just wonder how um, like, your planet fitnesses and your anytime fitnesses can have like staff that support yeah. individuals with disabilities so, and stuff better.
1: Um uh, I I pop into the Globo Gym. I love I I love a good plan of fitness now and they you know, they're great. Like they have those functional rooms, ten bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Uh somebody in a chair should be getting out and and moving their, their body, yeah. right? Um and you know, um You'll run into the occasional bad egg, but it's like, you know, I also don't think I might have a controversial opinion here where I don't think the world needs to adapt me. Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, it's, um, but supports are helpful. If you have like a a staff member at a gym that is like, you know, they're, um, to read something on the top shelf for you. Cool, that's awesome. You know, be, you know, befriend them. Uh, you know, figure out. But I don't. I don't go on a PF and like ask them to buy equipment to suit me. Like that's not really how life works. I I see what's available to me and I adapt to it and figure out figure out the best way to move forward. There. So maybe
0: it's less about changing the environments and more so communicating to the individuals that disabilities themselves that like, I think Eric, like Eric Kondo, a mm-hmm. mutual friend of ours, I kind of said something similar, like what's holding back people in wheelchairs from participating in 5Ks. And a lot of times it's not the 5K, it's the individual with a wheelchair.
1: I mean, so like we're talking about surrounding yourself with people that, that motivate you. Yeah. Um, uh, you're one of them. Eric is one of them um eric is like yeah and mm-hmm. you know a great example right where like, you know he gets out and he does full marathons in his day chair yeah. or a a chair that he
0: built out of wood
1: literally <laughs> built out of wood go out and push a full marathon in a wood chair yeah. and it's like listen it's and he'll do um like doing triathlon when when the run finishes through a field it's a pain in the ass you know but you know you just gotta you gotta you know you do it like um the environment doesn't completely have to adapt to you yeah
0: absolutely no i think that's a good lesson and it definitely doesn't like it definitely isn't justifying a lack of accessibility but it's it's just a perspective that like making the most of the environment that you have
1: in the situation that you have. you got to be willing to take risks. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I think everybody has their own journey. Not everybody, some people are able to, you know, dive in literally or figuratively, like, you know, two months after their injury. Some people take two years. Some people take 10 years. You know, everybody's on their own journey, but um, uh, the sooner you can wrap your head around like you know get out there it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you you're never going to see them again like or you know their opinion of you uh, the only opinion that matters is yours and just get out there and live your life
0: thank you for listening to the adaptx podcast our effort to amplify the ideas of our guests and create more inclusive and accessible industries is futile unless these episodes reach a larger audience If you enjoyed our discussion today, please leave us a rating or review on whichever platform you use. And if you would like to learn more about Adaptex, the course that we teach to health and fitness professionals and the projects that our organization is working on, you can subscribe to our newsletter through our website, www.adaptex.org. Until next Monday.